0: Welcome to the Live Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. The reason we're doing Samaritans First it's a great opportunity because not only do they send these gifts to all, all, all around the world, a lot of different places. But it gives an opening to the gospel. It gives them an opportunity to share the gospel in a place that often there's not an opportunity. So that's one of the reasons why we're doing Samaritan's Purse this year. Thank you for joining with us in that project. Also, we want to pray for Israel. Uh, you know, the, this, this uh, horrible attack and then this ensuing war. Uh, if you want to help, we've got, we have a contact Uh, in Israel, uh, Pastor Israel Pachter. Uh, He's in Ashdod at Beth Hillel. And so he's a pastor there. There's a local congregation there in Ashdod. And you can, we will funnel money to them, which they've, now they've got, there are refugees, of course, that are already, uh, they're providing food and help to families that are displaced. There's a lot of people you can imagine are displaced because of the, the bombings, some people can't return back to their homes, of course, just a lot of different issues and they're there they already had they were already doing this throughout Israel uh, to share the love of Christ to the nation of Israel. so if you'd like to give, we've created a category uh, on the on the online giving app it's just called special so if you want to give if you give to special, then that will go to the We'll send that through Beth to help in Israel. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity, because I know you are. You're generous people. Thank you for your faithfulness. Mark, Mike, I said Mark, Mike and Hillary just got married about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. They just, they just got married two weeks ago, and we're glad to have them here today. Back. You know. congratulations. That's awesome. I did their premarital counseling, so we hope it you know hope it holds. Uh, I use JB Weld. That's one of my main things. Uh, today we're talking about finding your purpose. We're still in this series about finding your purpose. The first week we talked about how you you are God's masterpiece. That God made you. He made you special. You're rare. You're valuable. Jesus paid the highest price possible for you when he died on the cross. There's no higher price that could have been paid for your salvation. God sees you as so valuable. He did that to save you because he wants you with him uh, for eternity. He, he doesn't want to just keep you from going to hell. He wants, he wants you to be with him for eternity. Then last week we talked about the purpose of your purpose is that God created you for a purpose, with a purpose. And he's he has he's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your life. He's before you were ever created. He has a blueprint for your life. Uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism kind of says this in a, in a way addressing what... It's really... It's a foundational need for everybody. Everybody wants to know, why am I here? Why do I exist? Oh, I've got to stop. Because Pat Hertz is here. Oh, yeah. Pat Hertz is here. And Pat Hertz has been, you know... Fighting the fight. And she's back. And we're thankful for that. And David. David's been, been taking care of her. And praise God for that. Go David. So we're just, you know, I just had to say that, Pat, because we're so glad to have you back. You, you guys are so important to us. So valuable to us. They're 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 treasures. They have just, they've, they've, uh, if you don't know, Pat and David hurts, they don't have any grandkids. I said this a couple of weeks ago when they, uh, David was here, Pat wasn't here. Uh, but I said, you know, so the Lord had given them grandkids. So they filled that hole with becoming the grandparents of everyone in the church. Amen. So they're every kid they consider theirs. So just understand that my kids called him, they called David, you know, 30 years ago they called him the bubblegum man because he would show up at church with a load of bubblegum, which all the parents hated, uh, but he did anyway. And, uh, and they found that it's really good for teeth decay, so it's a good thing. All right. So that's why we love him. We love him. We love them both. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him for, uh, forever. That's our purpose. God created us to glorify God with our lives and enjoy that. In words, he created us to be in relationship with him and enjoy that our relationship with him. That's our purpose. So today, I want to talk about the focus of your purpose. Not the hocus of your pocus. But the focus of your purpose. All right? I'm an American. Uh, and a, Texan too but that doesn't count Uh, I was a Cowboys fan until last week (laughs) (laughs) CJ said looks like uh, I didn't know he said I didn't know Jerry Jones sold the Cowboys because they got owned last week (laughs) he was He was (laughs) he was not wrong he was not wrong I think maybe we need to have a prayer also for the Cowboys today. So anyway, that's probably the most I've ever said about sports in 30 years. Right there. Uh, I'm American because I was born American. At the moment of my birth, the way our citizenship works in America, at the moment of my birth, I was qualified to be an American citizen. My birth determined my citizenship. So being born in America affords me all the rights, privileges, and protections given to an American citizen. Now, some of you were not born citizens, citizens, but you've become naturalized citizens. So you've gone through the process to get your citizenship. Esteban, Stephen, Gonet uh, is a naturalized citizen. Tammy Quintero is, believe it or not, they let her in. And she should be, uh, here I am, you know, attacking, She's, here, there she is. No, it's not her, sorry. I thought she was coming in uh, because, you know, it's not fair. Uh, but, and then some of you are in the process, and it's a long process. It's, 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 it's a difficult process. The opening of the Constitution of the United States says this, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare And secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, that's us, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. To secure the blessings of liberty. We call this, when we talk about the blessings of liberty, we call this, we think of this as the American dream. In other words, the ability to pursue what freedom provides. Being free provides us. What made America so totally unique is that, <laughs> that in Europe and in other places of the world, only the rich held any property. What made America unique is that we got to come here and steal it from the Indians. And then we get to, you know, now we control it. I'm telling you, we treated the Indians horribly. But that's a whole—that's a whole sermon that I probably won't ever preach. Uh, but it's the truth. So we're here, and if I'm an American citizen, I have access to the American dream. But my access to it—it it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed. It gives me the right to pursue it. It gives me opportunity to pursue the American dream. Uh, But it doesn't mean, it's not automatic. I I can pursue it, but if I don't pursue it, it doesn't mean that I lose my citizenship. However, it can take away my ability to fully enjoy and maximize what it means to be an American citizen. If you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have been born again You've become a citizen of God's kingdom. Colossians 1.13 says, there's Tammy. Right there, there's Tammy. Thank you. I was there. I was there when Tammy became a citizen. And uh, we were all surprised. Um <laughs> Tammy is really, can I be honest with you? Tammy is amazing. Yes. She, we, we love her so much. I don't know if you know this, but Tammy's really smart. Uh, it doesn't come across, but uh, <laughs> no. And, and she's, you know, I, I, can't, I can barely speak English. And she speaks six or seven languages, lots of languages. And she's just really sweet. And she loves babies. If you bring a baby in here, she's going to squeeze on it. She's going to do that. Okay. Back on track, Randy. So if you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you've, you've been born again into a new kingdom. You're in the kingdom. Colossians 1.13 says, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom Of his beloved son so if you've been birthed into the kingdom of God you have access to all the rights and privileges the protections that come from his throne that comes being a part of the kingdom of God but even though you've been born in the kingdom know that you've given your life to Christ you may not be enjoying all of the benefits of the kingdom you can live as a Christian in the kingdom Just as you can live as a citizen in America and not enjoy all the benefits, there are people who are living as believers, but they're not enjoying all the benefits. And if you don't pursue it, if you don't pursue all that you can be in the kingdom, you don't lose your citizenship in the kingdom. We talked about this earlier. Someone was asking me, can you lose your salvation? And I said, no. If you're truly saved, you cannot lose your salvation. But persevering to the end is evidence of your salvation. One of the evidences of being saved is that you don't quit. You may stumble. Anybody here tripped up ever? Yeah. Doesn't mean you lose yourself. Aren't you glad that every time you sin, you don't have to start over again? I grew up up in a church that believed every time you sin, you had to start over again so you you had to and so i don't believe that i don't think that's biblical because my salvation is, thankfully is not based on my works it's based on the complete work of christ amen. hallelujah to that amen so he's rescued us from the domain of darkness so that we can pursue his kingdom but if you don't pursue his kingdom it will reduce your enjoyment in the kingdom of god jesus longest sermon is the sermon on the mount the sermon of the mount and in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So Jesus said, you have to seek first the kingdom. I want you to think about this, this terminology, this seek first the kingdom, because if this first gets lost in your life, your experience with God and his plans for you will be diminished. If you don't experience having God first in your life, God demands to be first. And why shouldn't He? He's God. He deserves the first place. He's the smartest person in the universe, He's the most powerful person in the universe. He knows everything past, present, and future there's nothing he is immutable he doesn't change he deserves the first place and he demands to be first not just one of our priorities but first the problem is that for many Christians the reason why so many of us are not fully experiencing and living out our purpose is that God and his kingdom are not first we've kind of added him on sure he's there he's in the vicinity He's one of the things on the list, but he's not first. And you know what i found to be true? You make time for whatever is important to you. When God created man, he made it clear that he was be to be the first. He established this. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, Now, the man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said... I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. And again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel, and Abel he's here with us today. Uh, Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time when Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought a, of the firstlings of his flock, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering... But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became angry and his countenance fell. Eventually, he killed his brother over that. Why was Abel's offering received and Cain's was not? It says, if you read the text, it says, Cain brought his offering in the course of time. Cain brought his offering. He brought an offering, but he brought... What was left, he brought his leftovers. Now, how do you know how, how how does that work for y'all? How does money work for y'all? I don't know how money works for y'all, but but do you have a lot left over at the end of the pay period? You know, if you get paid weekly at the end of the week, if you get paid monthly at the end of the month, if you get paid biweekly at the end of two weeks, or however however, however you've got paid, the what's left over at the end usually ain't much, and that's how a lot of us are living. We're we're living giving God our leftovers and not our first fruits. You see what? Abel did is that Abel gave what was different because it wasn't, some would say, well, it's because Cain's was an offering of fruit and of the vine, so it wasn't significant, and Abel's was the flock. But if you'll read Deuteronomy later on, there there was provision to give from the first fruits. So God accepted the first fruits, but he didn't accept Cain's offering because Cain's offering was not given as a first. It was given as a convenience, but Abel brought the first fruit of his flock. And this is a principle from scripture. You'll find this first fruit principle, giving God the first and the best was what he required to give God the first and the best. What does God want from you? The first and the best. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all, your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You think, well, finally there's a Bible verse I can get on board with. Uh, Proverbs 23, 19. You shall bring the choice, first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. You're not to boil a young goat in the milk of its mother. Wow, what is that about? Well, it's, it's about compassion. It, it's, it seems cruel. Doesn't it seem cruel to cook a goat in the milk of its mother? Over and over, God tells his people to bring him what is first, not the left, leftovers. Our relationship with God, our relationship with God, if it's not first, and it's just what we have left, it's not going to be much. To the church at Ephesus, Jesus is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says in Revelation 2, 4, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. He didn't say they didn't love him, but they didn't love him first. We don't like it when people cut in line. Uh, Americans are very particular about lines. And you can go to other places in, in the world and they don't care about lines that much. The, a lot of places, they don't know how to line up. They just kind of, if there's a, a window that's opening or a door, they just, they just crowd that and they just push in. They, have, they don't really, but we respect the line. And if someone violates that and jumps in line ahead of us, everybody that's behind that person gets upset. Why? Because they're in a place that they don't deserve. They're they're in a place that they didn't earn. And they they're, they're they're they shouldn't be there. And usually there'll be somebody that tells them. Right? When we put the wrong things first, they're in a place they don't deserve so when god tells us to seek him first he knows he knows how easy it is for us to be distracted by by so many good things it's it's not usually bad things that distract us it's often good things it's actually often the things that he has blessed us with that keep us from him So we acknowledge God as God but we don't treat him as God and it, then you can't really fully enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. God says seek first his kingdom. He wants us to put knowing him as first place, first priority, first in line. One time uh, not too long ago, really it was kind of kind of right after the 9/11 and and so Going to the airport changed. You know, I don't travel now. You know, it used to be fun to go fly somewhere, and now it's a beating. You know, <laughs> you know they, they put you in a seat about the size of a child's chair. Uh, it's uncomfortable. So we we were going on a trip, and Logan was taking us to the airport. Tina and I were going on, on an overseas trip. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, distracting. You're thinking about, we were just having to deal with, you know, how many ounces is this liquid? We can't, we can only have so many ounces of shampoo, toothpaste, and you can't, you can have only have these liquids, you know, and it's got to be in a sandwich bag when you think, how, didn't that seem weird? You know, you had to put it all in a sandwich bag, a Ziploc bag. And so we're, we're going on this overseas trip, one of the first trips we've made after, the, after 9-11, when all of the all this stuff with the TSA, you know, you go to the airport, you're going to... I mean, who knew you are going to go to the airport and undress? Uh, you go and, and take off your shoes and take off your belt and, and uh, take off all your jewelry and, you know, everything, you know, and you go through, the, go through the scanner. So we get to the airport and we realize that we have left our passports and our tickets on the kitchen table. Now, this is before you could do anything electronically. You had to have those tickets, and you had to have that passport. And so Logan called one of his friends, TJ, and he went by the house and picked up the passports. Logan left from the airport, left us at the airport, and was way safer that way, And met TJ somewhere in the middle. And laws were broken. Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) obviously. Speeding laws were broken. And raced back and got us the passports so that we could get on the plane. We had to have the passport. We'd bought the tickets. We'd made the reservations. They were expecting us on the flight but it wasn't going to happen if we didn't have the passport. Seeking first the kingdom of God is the passport to your purpose. You're not going anywhere without it. You can can plan on it, you can hope on it, but it's not going to happen if you don't put God first. So what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom has a king. Now, that's, that's important because if we're in the kingdom of God, we need to recognize that the kingdom has, has a king. So if we recognize that the kingdom has a king, we're recognizing that God is a king. And seeking first the kingdom of God means God's rule and authority over your life is supreme. He's king. He has the right to rule and the right to reign over your life. And the so... We know what he says. The main way God reveals to us his purpose is through his word. How do we know what God's will is? Well, we we know it's through his word. So we read things like this. How does God want me to treat my neighbor? He wants me to love my neighbor as myself. How does God want me to deal with other people? He wants me to tell the truth. How does God, you know, so we know through his word, his word becomes our guide. His, his, his words, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We can know through the word of God, uh, through his word. That's our primary revelation. We're going to talk in a couple of weeks about how we know the will of God. And we'll talk about this more, but that's one God's primary way of revealing his purpose is through the word of God. Uh, it means, uh, when you make a decision, you're going to ask God first. See, why do we need the Word of God? Why do we need the Spirit of God? Because sometimes our feelings get in the way. Have you ever wanted something and your wanter made it difficult to determine if it was God's will or your wanter? So when we got this land, this land was a gift of God. When we, when we were able to buy this land, uh, we were we were looking for a place and this land became available and it was an incredible it was going to be an incredible deal, and so uh, we, we felt like we we weren't yet, we, they hadn't given us a price yet, and so uh, we, a friend of mine and I, we walked the perimeter of the property, and then we took communion on the property, and we prayed about it. Lord, you know, this is your will. So when we got finished, Kevin Burke, my friend, Kevin said, uh, so is it God's will for us to get this property? I said, I don't know. He said, what do you mean? I said, I can't tell. I said, because I want it so bad. I don't know if it's God's will for us to get it or it's because I want us to get it. I said, so how, how do you, it wasn't a sin issue whether we got it or not. It was, but it was trying to determine what's God's direction and will for our life. And so we submitted it to the authority of God. And so we said, okay, let's just, we'll just play this. We're, we're going to just commit this to God and we'll see what God does. So in, in just a little while, the people who owned the land uh, were willing to sell the land to us at an incredible price. We bought this 14 acres of land to the, to the, where there used to be a railroad track to Paschal, thousand yards of frontage on highway 80. We bought this piece of land for $323,000, which was, it was, that was, it was like giving it away, really. It was a gift because uh, when we started the process of building this building, we went to the bank and we were getting appraisals and all that. They appraised the land three months later at $800,000. Now, if they had said to us, well, the land appraises for $800,000, we would have said, well, that's great, but we can't afford it. But the Lord opened a door. The Lord so you say the Lord provided a miraculous way, but in that moment, sometimes, sometimes our our feelings, sometimes your feelings, will get in the way, and so you have to submit it to God and wait in that decision process. So, so, but when you're making a decision, you want to ask God first. When you have to resolve a problem, and you're looking for a solution, you don't know what to do. What should you do? You go to God first. A lot of times, it's like God's our last resort. We even say, well, all we can do is pray. I mean, that was the last resort? Prayer was the last resort? Prayer should be our first resort. So one of the first things you should do is say, God, I don't know. A lot of times, it's like, "I, I don't know. God, I don't know. I don't know what your will is. There's not a Bible verse that applies to this. There's not a principle that I can... (laughs) <laughs> that I can glean from Scripture that, that does this. So, Lord, I, I want to know. Because, you know, just think. Let's say you're going you're to buy a house, and there's thousands of houses, or maybe there's three houses on the market, so you're looking for a house. And you can buy one of two or three houses. How do you decide which house to take? How do you decide which job to take? You want to know the will of God, the purpose of God, and you surrender to the authority of God. So, you see, the problem is for a lot of Christians, Jesus is Savior, but He's not King. Do you understand the difference? It's like, I I like the fact that He's going to keep me from going to hell, but I want Him to mind His own business. But here's the thing about God He's not going to mind His own business. He's going to get all up in your business. Because he wants, he he has a will and a purpose about how you live your sex life. He has a will and a plan about how you deal with your money. He has a will and a purpose about how you talk and whether you tell the truth. He has a will and a purpose about your attitude he says, I want you to have the same attitude that Jesus had. I said, Well, wait a minute, that's a little high standard. Can we lower that a little bit? Nope. See, the key, the key to success of every fulfillment, every opportunity to overcome the challenges in life is this one kingdom principle seek Him first. Seeking Him first makes you better. Man, it went all the way to the beginning. I guess I have to start over. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's somewhere in here. Seeking him first makes you better. There you go. Makes you a better spouse. We talked, remember when we talked about marriage, we talked about your spouse is your two? Because God is your one and your spouse is your two. And that seems like, well, I mean, don't I love them the most? No, you love God the most. Because if you put on your spouse the need of fulfilling you and making you happy, you're asking way too much of a person. You have a God-sized hole in you, and you can't fill it with a person. And if you try to fill it with a person, you'll always be disappointed because they won't be enough. They're not enough, and you're not enough for them. But if If you have your fullness in Christ, Christ is your one. Seeking first the kingdom of God is your one, and your spouse is your two. And guess who's three? Your kids. Your kids aren't two, and your kids aren't one. You want to see some miserable person, put your kids in the number one spot, and you'll all end up in the crazy house. It's not healthy for you. It's sure not healthy for them. You see, if you put God first, put God in the right place. The focus of your purpose is to put God first. Amen? Amen. I love this. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, it says... God walked with Enoch. No, it doesn't. It says Enoch walked with God. You see, Enoch adjusted his life to walk with God. We don't even know it. we. There's not a lot in this story. It says Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch adjusted his life to walk with God. Enoch lived with God in the first place in his life. He adjusted his life. He didn't expect that God was going to adjust his life. 1 Corinthians 6, 8-6 Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, for whom are all things and we exist for Him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we exist through Him. We exist for Him. He does not exist for us. We exist for God's Kingdom, purpose. We exist through the complete work of Jesus Christ. We exist for Him. Colossians 1:6. For by him, by him all things were created. So everything that's created was created by Jesus. Both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him, in him all things hold together. Who's holding it all together? Jesus. This world exists by the word and the command of jesus christ and it is the word of jesus that is holding it all together did you know that science today is still trying to figure out what is the force at work that is holding (laughs) the atom together (laughs) what is what is what makes matter matter (laughs) how does it work And the Bible tells us, well, the one who spoke it into existence is holding it together. In him, all things hold together. If you're unraveling, if your life is falling apart, if you lack peace, hope, and joy, the first question you need to ask is, what position have I assigned God is God the first place or the last place because if he is truly the Lord of your life he will hold all things together he will hold you together and here's what I found if you'll yield to God and his kingdom agenda he can take your mess and turn it into a miracle If you seek first his kingdom, what's the key? The key, you can't have Jesus as an add-on, as a leftover, in the course of time, when it's convenient, when I get around to it. It's living, putting Jesus at the very center of your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you and he can turn your mess into a miracle Amen. most of us here most of us here can remember the day when we decided to put Jesus first in our life yes. when we we in the middle of our mess we heard him calling us we heard him the bible says we heard him knocking and he says if you open the door he'll come in and fellowship with you and you with him we heard him knocking we said yes and he has been turning our mess into a miracle and he's not done yet (laughs) he's still working on us been working on me quite a while I still got quite a bit of mess You? how about you but I want to tell you this the Lord wants to help you. Some of you today, he wants to help you begin the journey of turning your mess into a miracle. If you'll put him first. If you'll declare him as Lord. If you'll let the, let the king rule in your heart. If you don't just want just a savior, but you also want a Lord and king. He wants to come into your heart today wants to help you. I want to tell you, it's the greatest journey. It's the greatest joy of saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Him being first place. Let's stand. (laughs) Would you bow your head for just a moment and just close your eyes. I just want you to think about this. What place have you assigned to God? Where's Jesus in your heart? Is he first place? Have you said yes to him, and or is he? Have you assigned him kind of the sideline, the leftovers? What, what, what's convenient? What's easy? He deserves the first place, and he wants the first place. He wants. This is an incredible thing. God wants to have a relationship with you and with me. And if you haven't given Jesus the first place, you can do it right now today and say, Jesus, I want you to be the first place in my life. I want you to raise your hand and say, I need to put Jesus in the first place. He hasn't been. I need to put Jesus in the first place in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer right now. Father, I ask you to forgive me. Would you pray with me? Just just repeat after me. Father, I ask you to forgive me. I haven't put you first, and I need to put you first. You deserve to be first. So I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life, the King of my life, and to take up residence on the throne of my life. I want to put you first in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.